Welcome to the Free Range Preacher on Prayer podcast. Your host, as always, is Fred. Our desire is to encourage, exhort, and educate on biblical prayer through this podcast. The mission of the podcast is to help everyone God allows us to help achieve a growing, biblical, dynamic, and satisfying prayer life. If you have any questions, comments, or prayer requests, you can reach us at freerangeprayer at gmail.com. If you would like, you can make a positive review wherever you get your podcast. That would be appreciated. Welcome to today's episode of Free Range Preacher on Prayer Podcast. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for this beautiful day. We do thank you, Lord Jesus, and we bow before you because you have given us this another day, another gift to serve you and to seek your face and to experience eternal life right now. Thank you for your sacrifice that brought us into our new relationship with you. Thank you for the forgiveness of our sins and that we move forward in faith knowing that your goodness is ever before us. We also thank you, Lord, for your abundant goodness to us. And I especially thank you for your goodness to this simple, lowly slave who loves you. And thank you, Lord Jesus, that you loved me first. Holy God, I thank you as well. And I'm rejoicing today that as I've been praying for the last few weeks to understand what good memories are in our hearts, how memories are in my life supposed to help make me happy. I thank you that you've answered that prayer and you've given me insight, at least the beginning insight into the meanings of memories that make your people joyous. And so I pray today that you'll help me express through the truth of your word for the encouragement of all my brothers and sisters, your glory and your glory in your goodness to us, even our memories. And I pray that we see your glory, Lord Jesus, because your name is to be lifted up above all names. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your salvation. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you live in us. And thank you that you have shown us the perspective of all the blessings that you've given us. We thank you that you are all in all. And it's in the name of Jesus Christ, our all in all, that we commit this time to you. Amen. Welcome to the Free Range Preacher on Prayer podcast. My name is Fred, as you hear each time you listen, and I'm the host of the podcast. Today's episode, again, is going to be pretty personal because it's an answer to a recent prayer, and it's a prayer that I have really been seeking an answer to for not very long, but it's been very important. I haven't given this to the Lord until recently, but it is pretty important in my life and a great encouragement to my soul, and prayerfully it will be an encouragement to you as well, everyone who listens as well. Now, I'm not sure why, but I struggle with memories. And oddly enough, it may seem odd to you, and maybe you understand, I'm not sure, because I don't know you all, but memories make me sad, even to the point when I'm trying to clean up stuff, when I'm looking at pictures and maybe letters and cards and bills and odds and ends. As I go through them, I get sad and I just stop. I hardly ever get done with a task in one day or what should be just a couple of hours because I get overwhelmed with sadness. And again, I'm not exactly sure why memories make me sad, but they do. 
So a few weeks ago, a couple of months ago perhaps, I started to ask a few people that I know and trust how they use memories to make them happy. And at least it seems that for most people, memories are a help. They're a tool that helps make them happy, that helps them get from day to day. And it may be an odd question. I'm, I'm not exactly sure. But it may be an odd question. And the answers I got kind of reflected that, I thought, that the few people I asked gave me some information, but I'm not sure they thought they understood the question. And that does happen from time to time. We all are different. Nevertheless, just another couple of weeks ago, through a friend, I was connected to some teachings from an old pastor of mine. He is older now, as I am older now. So I don't mean old, but I mean a former pastor. We went to his church for about a year, and now he's teaching some seminary classes. And one of the classes he was teaching is on the book of Ecclesiastes. Now, I like the book of Ecclesiastes. I've liked the book of Ecclesiastes since the very first time I read it. And speaking of memories, when we were reading through the Bible, the man who was discipling me, when we got to the book of Ecclesiastes, he said the only person he ever knew who liked the book of Ecclesiastes was pretty weird. So I never told him that I really liked the book of Ecclesiastes. But the reality was, even though I liked the book, I wasn't exactly sure why I liked the book. I couldn't quite put my finger on it, and I seemed to read it a little bit differently than most other people. I read the same words. They just seemed to me to have a little different import than many people who read the book of Ecclesiastes. But as I listened to my pastor, which I loved hearing his voice again, but as I listened to him, and especially as he unfolded the introduction to the book, as he was talking about that, there's a couple of things that really came to my mind. One of them first is the word vanity, which is throughout the book of Ecclesiastes, and it's translated in English vanity in the New American Standard, it's translated meaninglessness in some other American versions of the Bible. The meaning of the word, the Hebrew word, is actually vapor. Ecclesiastes is describing life realistically, not through rose-colored glasses or depressive glasses, but realistically. And life is not only a vapor. Incidents are vaporous. Events are vaporous. They're here and gone. Happiness, sadness, love, hate are vaporous. They're here and they're gone for a moment. But it's a mix of good and bad things, and sometimes very good and very bad things. That's life. But outside of Scripture, life, human life, doesn't make any sense. It doesn't fit together. But inside Scripture, we have the perspective that makes everything fit together. So as I was listening to the pastor teach on Ecclesiastes, the book started to make more and more sense and fall into place, even from his introduction. The book of Ecclesiastes, then, is not depressive. It's realistic, and you can describe realistic, tragic events without being depressive about them, or Pollyanna about them either, looking at them, like I said, with rose-colored glasses so that they are not as tragic as they are. So he makes the point that Solomon is teaching that life is vaporous, and that it has very good things and very sad things, and we know that life goes by quickly. And we know sadnesses and, and joys. And as he was going through the verses, he went through verses, the negative verses, the bad parts of life. And then he started going through the positive verses there. And then my ears really picked up as I listened to him. And I knew I had at least the beginnings of the answer of what I needed about what memories are for. And it was really great. I had to go back and listen to it several times. 
because I was so overjoyed with it. And almost in the middle of the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 5, 19 and 20, verses 19 and 20, Solomon says this, Furthermore, as for every man to whom God has given riches and wealth, he has empowered him to eat from them and to receive his reward and to rejoice in his labor. This is the gift of God. And then verse 20, For he will not often consider the years of his life because God keeps him occupied with the gladness of his heart. Bingo. For me, that's it. It fell into place. Our memories are what keep us occupied with the good things that God has done for us. That's what we're supposed to be preoccupied with, the goodness of those memories. At least that's what immediately came to my mind. And he has given us, he's given us riches and wealth and empowered us to eat from our labors, to receive our reward from our labors, and to rejoice in our labors. It is a gift. Labor is a gift from God. Our work is a gift from God. And the fruits of our labors, the fruits of God's gifts, should keep us occupied with the gladness. So as I think about memories now, I think of the joys that they gave in the context that they gave them. I'm committing myself to being occupied with those things, with those memories, with that gladness, with what God has done. And it really has helped me, at least to begin turn thing, turning things around. Now you may be thinking or asking yourself the same question that I asked myself. I don't feel wealthy. I don't feel like I have great riches. Although we are very blessed. I am very blessed. I'm very content at this point in my life. And so wealth and riches are a relative thing. Even though we don't think of them that way very often, they are a relative thing. And not only that, verse 19 asserts that we rejoice in our labor. So no matter what our station, what the fruit of our life is, you may be in a position in which you are not wealthy in worldly things. But even if that is the case and you are a Christian, you have the greatest riches. We have the greatest riches that any man ever had, any time, any place, and no matter what their circumstances. Whatever else is true about our lives, we have the riches of our salvation. And you remember, we've mentioned this a couple times in the podcast, that when Jesus sent out his disciples to go and preach and work and heal and spread the good news, they came back all excited and they said, we healed people, we cast out demons, we did all these wonderful things. And Jesus said, don't focus on those things, but be joyous. Focus on the fact that, that you, your names are in, are written in heaven, that you're going to heaven. And as Christians, no matter what else is going on in our lives, we have that. And it reminded me of Ephesians one, starting in verse three, where Paul says, blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. And I know you've heard these. They're great verses. They're stirring verses for us. Verse four, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him in love, he predestined us to adoptions as sons through Jesus Christ himself, according to the kind intention of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, which he freely bestowed on us in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight. For whatever physical things you don't have, as a Christian, 
what you have and I have, we have together in the love of God, is the riches of his grace. And not only do we have some of the riches, we have the riches of his grace lavished on us in all wisdom and in insight. He knows how to bless us. He knows how to lavish, lavish on us his grace. And we have that. And everything, as we look back in our lives, the good times, the bad times, the troubles, the trials, the tribulation, all are tinged with his grace. He redeems the trials in our lives. He redeems the good times in our lives. So they're not just selfish. Thank you, Jesus. Also, Paul, in Romans 2, when he's talking about people who are taking advantage of God and their supposed position before God, He says, Or do you think lightly of the riches of his kindness and forbearance and patience, patience, not knowing that the kindness of God leads you to repentance? So we have the riches of his kindness, and that kindness leads us to repentance. Again, glory to God. Whatever our place in life, whatever our position, whatever we have, we have the gladness, the eternal gladness, of salvation. We are headed for heaven. After Jesus's payment for our sins, the very first martyr at the opening of the book of Acts was James, the brother of John. John and James' disciples, the very first martyr was James. And every martyr after that has had the same focus. And that comes in 2 Timothy 4, 18, or at least part of the focus is there. The Lord will deliver me from every evil deed and will bring me safely to his heavenly kingdom. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. No matter what happens, even our martyrdom, we know that God is going to deliver us from every evil deed. And that reminds me of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who told the king, go ahead, put us in the furnace. God's able to save us from from the furnace. And basically, but even if he doesn't, We're still going to be freed from you. So you do whatever you want. We're in the hands of God. And as children of God, we have that encouragement, that great encouragement that we are in his hands. And what ties our lives together for joy, memories, the things in the past, the things in the present, and the things in the future is our final destination, makes everything that we go through worth it. Our destiny brings us great hope and joy. And added to that, we can say, Verse 20 of Ecclesiastes 5, For he will not often consider the years of his life, because God keeps him occupied with the gladness of his heart. And so for me, my friends, what a great encouragement it has been for me just in the last few days. This only happened a few days ago. And everything, everything that God has done, all his goodness should move our occupation to that of being joyous in what he has done our memories we cherish because they're in Christ, our sorrows we cherish because they're in Christ, everything he's given, all the gifts, the gifts of life, the gifts of our family, the gifts of our service and our labor, all those things occupy our minds and our souls and our hearts and move us to eternal thankfulness and move us to glory in the God of our salvation. And I have purposely been turning my thoughts to those memories, making them the glad things that God has done for me. And it really has helped. I'll keep you appraised of of any bumps in the road or any other insights that I have. But knowing, my friends, the goodness of God, we're able to focus on those things and even his redeeming of our trials because we know he's using them. 
rejoice. Look to the goodness of God. When you think about your trials or sad things, think about how God has used them to make you more like him now than you ever have been in your life. Thank you, Jesus. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you and to make his glorious face to shine upon you and to give you his promised peace. Thank you for listening to today's broadcast of Free Range Preacher. We hope you enjoyed it and will join us for our next broadcast coming up soon. For Fred and myself, this is Richard Durrington saying, Make it a godly, fun-filled day.